Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Derek Wilder, known as D Wild Man. This is the episode of Detroit Chess Killers podcast. On this podcast, we got a follow up from my homeboy, CJ Master, and Ashley, Ashley James Canyon, Tim Joseph, Jimmy Speak. What's up? What's going on, everybody? What is up? Okay, since the last episode we had James Candy on here, you had your debut in the Pro Chess League. Speak about it. Oh man, it was awesome. It was great. All the love I'm getting for the Pro Chess League. And uh, it's just crazy to see how strong of, of uh, a tournament kind of this is, a league that it is. It's, the, it's literally the best of the best. That's all they signed. All of my games, I played everybody. When you look at their FIDE UACFs, they already 2250 plus. And, um, you know, they stronger than the rating, just like I am. So it was tough. It was very tough, but um, I did very much better than expected, which is weird. And I mean, it's expectations as a uh, pro chess league and as the managers and me being actually was funny. I'm the second lowest rated player in the whole league. So it's uh, it's two, you know, out of all the players, I am second to last of the eye of the lowest rated in, in, the, in the league. And I'm like, cool, that's, that's cool with me or something like that. I guess it was maybe in a division or something like that because I saw some other ratings that were quite low. But, um, you know, I got three out of seven. I got three out of seven. And uh, for me, then I'm not happy, you know. I love to, to crush these guys. And I had a few games where one game I should have sacked the Rook, got an extra draw, and, and got the draw of Rook with Aaron Gerbinski. But it's a theoretical, had a theoretical draw. Rook takes, King takes the King. My King is shorter than him out, so he won't be able to get to the pawn in time. And he got to sack the Rook for the pawn uh, in the end. So I messed that one up. Also, a very crazy Scotch Gambit game that was very wild. Never seen it. I know what to do now. But uh, never seen it. I got an upper piece, but the two pass pawns was very crazy against Aaron Jacobs. Aaron Jacobson. All these guys were super strong. Um, and then I had my last game was against the International Master where I was, like, winning. I was actually plus two, but when I offered the draw. But I'm, like, tired at this point. You know, it's a long tournament. I don't want to botch this. So, um, but I was plus two in an end game, two bishops, and uh, I was up a pawn or something. But it was weird. And he could get my pass pawn on the H side. It was crazy. It was crazy, but I was very excited to be able to uh, to debut in it and do better than actually expected from um, from a pro chess league uh, debut standpoint. Usually, you know, we'll do as good. We'd be surprising. You know, everybody that is in the pro chess league is usually mastering. Uh, so, um, it was pretty good to play that. Three out of seven, I got two wins. First round, I beat G- uh, WGM Sabina Foyser. She's a uh, former U.S. Um, women's champion. So, I beat her in the first round. Second round, I beat a uh, national master, and then uh, Drew. Then I think I got two back-to-back losses, another draw, another loss, and another draw. So it was something like that. But I got three losses, two draws, two wins. So it was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet to have that. And uh, now I'm shooting for more. So my next my next match will be 21st. I play on the 21st in another battle royale. And I think in the upcoming weeks, they're just trying to see how they can fit people into the roster. Because we got six. I think we got 12 to 16 guys on the team, but everybody got to play. So we got to see um, when I'll be playing next against a team team. And 21st, I'm playing in another battle royale for board four. So, Tim, got any questions? Very, yeah. I was just wondering um, about your pro chess league debut. Was there anything that maybe surprised you um, or like kind of caught you off guard that Otherwise, you kind of couldn't have prepared for, like, once you were actually in it. Actually, yes, the Trumpowski for one, uh, which I'm fine with, but he played a weird Trumpowski. Also, uh, when I played my second game, it's like, I don't even know the name of the opening. It's kind of like a Shagorin, where it's like D4, Knight F6, Knight C3, D5. Like, he played G4 out the opening so fast 
and it was very confusing. So running that by the end, it was, it's not even like an opening. We really kind of played chess off the head, and I played a really good game with him, and he got sharp both sides. He's master too, so talk about tactics. It was a crazy game. Some stuff did throw me off, like, uh, um, but I think it was just those two games, honestly. And also in my last, uh, my last game, I played the international master. It was surprisingly so easy to get a good position. And I was like, man, it's tight, you know, like just to know. Like, after opening, I had a great position. I even sacked the pawn. I sacked the pawn because I was like, let me see. This this feels good. This feels right. And, I, and it actually worked. And, and at one point, if he wasn't as accurate as he was, which he still was down plus two at the end of the game, but I was just, it was very hard. It's a very difficult end game that it's easy to buy it. And I didn't want to do that. So I offered to draw in a better position. I do the first two dishes and stuff. But um, preparing-wise, now I know, of course, um, I'm studying more in-game right now because I did face some games. Um, and on top of that, just uh, running um, the opening theory is cool, but going past the opening theory is where it really where, where the game really starts for most masters and up. So now I'm hitting that with the engine to figure out. Okay, this is what I usually play. This is what happens. Why is this wrong? Why? What's the plan? Is what I'm looking for. So now when I'll be more you know advanced, I'll be more ready to play the same positions against some of the same guys or stronger, and uh, and be able to win or be able to be more comfortable in that position and not waste as much time in there. So I know. My time. So with that, uh, I noticed that I was in time trouble, but having great positions and blah blah blah. And when you get in time trouble, it's even the best lose on time. So um, I have to manage my time better. Um, so I have to, you know, study up really more. It, it really just comes down to studying. But what studying is, I have to study past the past the opening more with the engine, a little bit of help here, looking at some games, chess base, and etc. Um, then on top of that, in game study because I need to hit that hard, you know, and I always be studying. Kind of the same. My study method. I study a lot of moves, but uh, I noticed that I'm studying a lot of the same stuff that I'm already familiar with. Which you need to briefly refresh yourself on. I tell all my students that you still need to refresh mm -hmm. stuff. But I need to uh, dig more into you know the same amount of work ethic that I put for those moves for the new stuff that I'm doing now. So I implemented that into my training schedule a few nights ago. So that's working pretty well. But um, other than that, man, I just got to study. I got to study and be ready for for anything basically. And I got time. So eleven days. Okay, I had another question too. If y'all got, if y'all don't mind, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was wondering, like, okay, like I know, um, like you're you're very appreciative of, of the opportunity, and you're probably gonna say something like, you know, uh, you know, whenever I get put in, whatever they call me to do, like I'm gonna be more than happy to do that. But I was wondering if you maybe identified a team or two or a player or two who you might be kind of chopping at the bit for the opportunity to get to go up against. I'm hyped to play. Um, well, of course, if I could play them, St. Louis Archbishops, who got, uh, I think, Fabiano and Wesley So on the team. So that's like, oh, to play them would be a dream come true. I've honestly, I'll play Fabi back in the day. On ICC, didn't know it was him. Now it's lost part in game. Feel great. Because I'm like, man, you know how you can figure out who you're playing after uh, you play the game. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh, this was Fabi the whole time playing Fabiano. And um, I was just down upon in the end game. It was great to feel that. But, you know, that was way before then. I'm, I'm stuck. You know, different game now, different style, blah, blah, blah. But Bobby and, and Wesley Soap on the same team. I would be very excited to play them. Also, the chess bras, because I know them um, and we stream and, like, like we got good camaraderie. I actually know them. So, it's cool to uh, to play people that strong that you actually really know. So, um, I think – who else did I play? I didn't get a chance to play really anybody – else that I know. Only thing, only person I did play was Eric Grabinski. I know him personally. Um, I played a lot of games. I actually came up a few games over him in uh, Super Nationals. 
it may have been a Super Nationals or something like that. I think Derek, Derek, he was there that year. I can't remember what year that yeah, was. Yeah, we were at uh, Tennessee. We were at Tennessee. Right, and that Derek was there. Came up a few Blitz games, on them, and uh, that that was the game actually where I should have sacked the Rook and won, and not won, but uh, drew, drew uh, drawing a game. It was very complicated, but um, I can definitely you know hang with with a lot of them. And Aaron Gabinski is very strong, so I was happy to have a game that we did have. I could have played better, but uh, yeah, I played him, and it was cool. It was cool to play him because he goes to Webster. I know him. You know his his roommate Josh Colas, which is everybody know Josh. So it's like I know, yeah, I know them. It's pretty cool to uh, to play them. But I would love to play Wesley. So Fabi, I think Knocker's playing too. Or maybe not. I can't remember. I don't think Knocker's playing. But uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be able to see all these people here and play all of them. And uh, that's really my favorite. So Chuck Bronze and um, uh, St. Louis Archbishop. Joseph, you got anything to ask, or you want me to ask my question? Um, I, I just I just uh, wanted to uh, the Keaton Kier game, which last round you played. The one where you uh I think it was two bishops and pawns to each side. Can you elaborate more on your thought process during the end game? Because I thought it was a clear win for you when y'all took the draw. So uh and, and uh, people also said the same thing. It was plus two, but uh, I had a lot of factors to involve in there too. For I mean it was my debut, so there are nerves there. Secondly, um I just want to watch this end game. And be mad and be like, dog, I can't lose. I can't afford another loss because then it would just be devastating. For me, you know, it still would have been a good score for a debut, right. two, two and a half. But for me, I'm like, no, two, two out of seven. But no, that's not, you know, I'm not. I shoot way higher than that. I know I play better than that. So and with that, um, that last in game, it was very difficult to figure out. Only reason why I offered a draw is because it was not clear, or for me at least. I figured it out after it with the engine, like put the put my light square bishop on the other side of the board to help out. And I was like, wow, well, that makes sense. But it's very tough to find that, especially in the time control we plan. I had the two passes on the queen on the queen side. They could have queen. They actually, it was very tough to queen him because his bishops are nice. He's placed his kings on C8. He got time to stop those pawns or at least blockade him for a while. So it was, uh, knowing that, I'm like, well, if I have to, you know, I don't know what to do with these other bishops. Not to mention my H2 pawn is hanging. So he can take on H2 and then he has not two, but he does have that outside pass on, which he also right. queen square with that white bishop. So knowing all of that, I was like, you know what? I'm just about to, I don't want to mess this up because we both, we both strong and we both know counterplay. We both know in games to be where we at. So it's, uh, it was tough. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. Maybe if I had a, a better score, like already going into the last round, path forward, I'm, I'm pushing for it. But knowing that like, you know what? I could just take this half point right here and end out with a, a pretty nice, a decent debut. So, um, I took it. <laughs> On top of that, you know, I just did not want to watch that in game because I've done that even in the Motor City Open against Josh Postuma. I was up a pawn and then just boxed the in game. So, you know, made me study my in game more. But I was not trying to have that again. So I, I definitely just took the draw. And he was happy to take it because he was loose. Right. Um, okay, Jimmy, I got a uh, question for you. This question is actually coming from somebody who inboxed me about it. And they wanted to ask this question. The question is, what is your perspective on you playing chess in the city of Detroit and Michigan? My reply, and this was my reply to him. I told him, I said, Jimmy's at a level in this chess career where playing in Detroit, and I'm talking about like the local tournaments that we have, really doesn't phase you. And you can skip over them because you're closer to accomplishing something great as far as chasing norms. That's that 100% correct. That's 100% correct, actually. I mean, like, I grew up through Detroit Chess, so I have nothing to say bad about it at all. Like, I grew up, I mean, me starting with when Chess used to be a Universal Mall, 
and my dad would leave me up there, you know, on Saturdays from like 12 afternoon to come get me when the, when the club closed. So I would be up there playing chess, walk the floor, come back, play chess all day long. So I grew up through that, uh, Scholastic Chess, I mean, Harold Steen, uh, Coach Fight, Brian Wilson, like everybody, the Grams, you know. So I grew up through chess, through, through Detroit Chess. So I recommend it for anybody and everybody that you have to play in Detroit Chess. But then once you get to that next level, then it's time to, to branch out and go other places. And actually, it's not going to help me. It actually hinders me more. And it hurts me more to keep playing over the board chess and keep playing the same openings. So when I go to a tournament, and if even if I study up, I'm not familiar. Like, the thing about studying, yeah, studying is cool. But part of your studying is actually playing and getting comfortable with the position. Because you can get the same position on the board that you study. And, and this is like, this is a win. But you don't know how to win it. And you end up botching it or even losing the game in the worst sense because you, you don't even have experience with that position. So um, a lot of times I start, I start learning that, start knowing that. And online chess has definitely helped with that. Yes, it has its pros and cons or whatever. Some people say, oh, yeah, online is not the same. Yeah, but it actually is better. You're right, it's not. It's actually better to play online right now to get the experience of all the players and all of the openings and positions that you will get from all the studying. And then when you go sit down over the board, you'll be ready to play ever, basically, to say the least. And I knew um, for a while playing Brooks, playing Marcelino, Mick, uh, uh, what is who? Uh, Minibus, everybody. Playing all these guys, right? You and like you, we play the same stuff. So playing the same stuff is only gonna give me what ten positions out of fifty that I really, really need to know. And and, and with that being said, it, it hinders the game more than anything else from there. So that's why uh, for me, I don't play in, in these tournaments as much. I just don't because I, I did it all my life. Like I've done, I played in all the Motor City Opens. I played in Harrowsteins. I won the first two Harrowsteins Memorials ever. I think it was like oh eight oh nine something like that. But back to back. I won those, and it was nice to, to be able to do that, but now it's just time for me to transition into, like you said, the norms. It's time to get the norms. It's time to get the big boy money and the, the big boy titles, which is I am a GM, and that's what I plan to do through Chicago, World Open, North American, pause, chill, relax, maybe Kings Island, some other one, and then do it again. So I have all, I use all this other time to study up before I go to these tournaments. So what you're saying is, and I, I relate to you, I get where you're coming from. You would rather be online, chess.com, elite chess, playing these norm, these players that have title, national masters, FIDE masters, grandmasters, instead of somebody, and I'm not dissing nobody like me, who's at McDonald's, and the type of competition I'm getting is pretty much expert or master, which I, I agree where you're coming from, right? Right, and, and even with you, when you do find a top-level competition, like how I'm playing, you know, Josh and, and all of Josh, John Brooks, <laughs> all the top level, level players, right? You know, that's playing there. You only going to get, you know, I mean, let's say high end, 10 different positions. Because, of course, Brooks always plays D4, you know. Uh, what's the same thing with Josh? He plays D4. It's black. He played a Carol Khan. So knowing that, you know, it never switches up. So you're playing the same positions over and over and over and over. But he plays different lines and blah, blah, blah. It's different. It's not, um, you won't get as many. For instance, I can play, you know, 20 games online and get 20 different positions from all 2250 plus, you know, all of them. So knowing that I got 10 different things I can work on experience-wise and, and play better overall in a sense is actually just going to help me everywhere because I, I have experience with it. Even me winning, being up, you know, uh, against Josh with that with that crucial game that we played, I was up upon. I played really good, really, really good, but I had experience with that position from playing it so many times, studying it, playing it online, playing it online, as opposed to that being my first time in that position against a FIDE master that's super strong. And it have been it would have been a different story. It would have been weird, way tough. And I know nobody in you know master level right now that I know that even plays that line besides Josh. But I had experience with it, and it's uh, 
it was good to have that experience against other masters and etc i played faster the opening got up upon and i ended up boxing the end game but at the end of the day i still felt pretty comfortable that that game was good just using that method now of course you don't want to rely 100 on online chess but if you look at it you know today's prodigies they do over the board chess yes they do quite often but they do way more online chess and they do online they do uh you know, chess base using all the engines. It's ridiculous how fast these kids grow and how fast they they get good because of the fact that they they doing those. They using the you know the new technology, and that's it's here for a reason. I mean, most of my books are PGNs now. The same book, all of them, most of them are PGN. I just find them and I use them um, on there. And of course, it works best for me um, because I've I've seen I've seen a rating spike, a big rating spike, a big playing spike, as opposed to how I was when I used to just study, sit down with the board, over the board. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Joe, you want to follow up on that? I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree. I mean, when I mean, you had this discussion about it, that's exactly how I feel. It, it, it's sort of a waste of time when you can sit there and play IMs and GMs and FMs all day. And like, for, for instance, like, recognizing positions are so important. Like, you don't want to be in a tournament in an unknown position, especially against strong players, because you might think you're picking the best line, and you might be picking the best line for them, or you might be picking a line that's completely lost, because you, you, you know, they rehearse these positions. Like, prime example is position, uh, I think it was Aaron Jacobson you was playing. You said the Scott game, when uh, he had the peace sacrifice, and then his king ended up supporting his attack. It's a position I've never seen. I played the Scots probably millions of times in my life. And uh, it's crazy because Jimmy says I'm familiar with that position. But when I was watching the game and I had it on the engine, like both players were really making like the top choice for like the first, I want to say, 28 moves in a game. So having that recognition is, is, is like very important. Man. And playing the same position over and over and over again for the same people, that's not going to help you long term. Not, not at all. So basically what Jimmy's saying is when I get to that level, I got to move on. Basically, he's saying he went from a local rapper getting local bags to now I'm <laughs> national getting that worldwide distribution. No, that's funny. All the local rappers that, you know, they get out in the city and then they got to do shows elsewhere, but they always come back and they always give back to the community. You have to do that. But in a way, yes, you do have to do that. If you look at all the greats that were here, all the number ones are not at McDonald's, most of them. You know, all of them. And if I go when he was here, would play at the club occasionally, he would play in tournaments, but he'd be studying. He'd be going other places, playing in a big boy tournament. Same thing with a two. Mustafa mm-hmm. Bora. I mean, you just, you know, you could go through these names. Josh is going to be the same as well soon. Josh will probably not be here very long. Just uh, just saying that because I know, I know that. And I've seen that through the years that we've seen many number ones leave, maybe top fives leave to do other things or even pursue other, you know, stuff. But uh, chess-wise, keeping it just 100% chess, like they usually just dip out. And I realized this quite early because I'm like, you know, I get more games. I get more people. I get more experience. You know, I can play 100 people in a different people. It's different people. I can play 100 different people in a day as opposed to the same 10 people or the same three that you actually get competition with, depending on what level you're at. If you're really getting some good competition for me, it's like Brooks is there, Josh, uh, Moro. You know, people. I'm playing these people back to back to back, and it's, I'm only playing them four. And I'm only getting, I'm getting very well with these four positions. But of course, we all know, you know, four positions are only going to help you so much. Because um, somebody going to play something different when you get home on the computer. So it's just, uh, I love the fact that I can sit and play for hours and hours and hours. And also take all of these games and put in that time, just like you would in a school or any other craft, 
and study them and figure out what I did wrong, why was this wrong, blah, 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 blah. I keep track of them. I keep study on them, private study, where I study all my stuff um, on my own and actually figure out where my kinks are and understanding myself as a player so I can, like, seek help or look or figure out certain stuff that I need to study work on my weaknesses. I'm actually really glad that um, this conversation came up um, and you, like, shed some light on all this for us because now that I, I know your perspective and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here listening, thinking about everything, like, I almost kind of feel like, you know, maybe myself included, um, some of us here in Detroit, man, like, we're actually a little bit selfish in a way, like, just kind of, like, you know what I'm saying, wanting to have all of our top players, like, still you know, kind of come down and swing mud around with us and stuff like that. But, like, the more I think of it, the more it kind of makes sense. Like, like I could even compare it to, like, the NBA analogy. Like, you know, like, when somebody gets, you know, that good and they become, you know, the elite of the elite, like, you know, oftentimes they won't come and hoop with you at Joe D or St. Cecilia or Comey Young no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, they've kind of upped, they went to the, you know, the next highest level when it's not as conducive to their development you know they risk more than they're actually gaining and it's just not you know saying kind of like smart move overall for them um you know to do stuff like that so like while we you know you we want to have our people's champ and stuff like that and like for a lot of us you are definitely like our people's champ you know what i'm saying like we're like oh yeah jimmy the best out here you know what i'm saying that's, that's the man um it is a little bit i think you know selfish kind of on our part to kind of just maybe just want to cling on to you and to have that direct access with you and expect you to do all of the same things that we doing, trying to get up to where, you know, you've been able to get to. I totally understand. I, I see that, you know, I understand that. Cause I remember being like that too, like about Tulia and, and uh, Fingo and just like, yeah, you want your players to represent like, man, uh, you know, this is my player, but I always, always know, you know, you never forget where you came from and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I always talk about right. interviews or like, you know, when I'm streaming, I wear a Michigan hat. Right now, I wear the pawn grabbers, but I always wear my Michigan hat. And they like, Michigan? Yep, always till I die. Like, that's where I'm from. So, you know, I always all the time just to represent. Like, um, you know, never forget where you came from and also help the people behind you as well to pull them up as much as they need to. That's why, you know, yeah, I, I, um, I charge right now. I had to up my prices. I mean, really, I'm, I was supposed to do over 100, you know, or 50, 60 all the time. But I'm not trying to break people's pockets and stuff. So now it's uh, 30 bucks an hour for people that I know usually. Oh, and then because my, my schedule is crazy, of course, because of chess, but um, my students in between that and everyone else usually 50 and uh, uh, depends on what they, they're willing to do and what they're looking for in chess there. But, you know, mm-hmm. and I always have to give back to the community and people like that. And uh, I, I do assignments at, um, what is it, Wayne State? I think I've done it the last four or five years, something like that. But um, every year I go and do the assignment up at uh, Wayne State for the Math Corps Corporation just to go up there, put like 30 kids twice or so 60 kids. Um, and it's nice. It's very nice to be able to do that, give back and, you know, hang out as much as I possibly can. Um, trying to make it to the, to the tournaments, like all of the stuff, be in Detroit Chess and really just know what's going on. Grew up through it, you know? So growing up through it, I understand the struggles, I understand how it was, I understand the income. Like I was there. I've been through all of that, man. And it, mm-hmm. It's good to know, you know, especially seeing kids grow up and, uh, you know, I'm ready for somebody to crack 2200 high school wise because it still hasn't been done. And I'm like, you know what? It, 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 I, I didn't even notice that. You know, somebody had to point it out to me, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. But um, it's time for that, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, if I can help with that or et cetera around my schedule or um, whatever I can do to give back. Because of course, you know, like I said, you never forget where you came from, and it, it makes.
Tim. Yes. Jimmy. Yeah. So pick up where you left off at. You was talking about the Simul that you do at Wayne State. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do the Simul every year. Uh, <clears throat> for the last few years, I've been doing a Simul up there for the Math Corps Corporation. And uh, Math Corps is uh, nice to do just for the kids. So I do like, I play 30 kids twice usually. So it's good to give back, <clears throat> excuse me, as much as I possibly can. Because uh, we got to see somebody break 2200, you know, um, in the U.S. In, uh, in Detroit, man. And I think Sharice is really close or something. I mean, not really close, but she's working on it. She's, a, she's on pace to do it, I think. So um, hopefully she can do it, you know, or we can see somebody else break 2200 because uh, it hasn't been done since, you know, a long time, long time since I did it. And I didn't even know the accomplishment it really was or what it was going to be. But it's good to see that. And I know that somebody is going to do it. Knowing that it's just uh, it's really good, and I would like to you know be a part of that to help out as much as I possibly can doing lessons or videos or, or simuls and all that other stuff to give back to the community as much as we can. Speaking on that, I'm glad you said that because uh, lately I I just broke 1900. I'm 1905. I actually played Cam in a match and we draw the games, and uh, we would sit back looking at it. We really haven't had an African American to break 2000 since Cameron. That was like four. I think Cameron been expert for about four years. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is the next? And this goes from the kids to adults. The next experts out of the city of Detroit. Um, probably you and Sharice, honestly. I think I think that's it, really, that I'm I'm thinking about right now. Um, I, I know Michael doing something, but I don't know what his rating is. But I do know um, Sharice like 18. She pushing 18, and I think her rating uh, over 18 or something like that. And you were uh, what's your rating over 18 too? Yeah, I'm 19. I'm 19. Uh, yeah. So you you there? I mean, you you just you know need to keep playing in the tournaments and under 2,000. Start whipping up sections, you'll be straight. You just need one good under two thousand section, and you'll go right over two thousand. But uh, so you really closest is I think in order you and Sharice. I just don't know anyone else, but of who I know, you and Sharice. There's a guy named um, Mike Clark. Um, he's uh he's definitely in the top one hundred. I think he's like number eighty five or something. Derek, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he's nineteen sixteen. Yeah, he's nineteen sixteen. So I, I would I would say that he's probably, well, he's probably close to Mike Clark. Oh, you mean Mike Clark with the dreads? Yeah. Oh, dreads, dreads, Mike. Yeah, Mike be Mike is there too. I forgot about Mike. Uh, I didn't know he was playing. Okay, so that's good. That's good. If he playing, and uh, it's between you and Mike. Who gonna get there first? It's just whoever playing the most tournaments because y'all both are ready for two thousand. Y'all push. And they, they they both studying and pushing too. So. Yes, I think, I think they could probably both do it actually. Exactly, maybe. I mean, I don't know who get it first. You know, it's just whoever, however you do in them tournaments. Then when it comes down to uh, when y'all get them right, like when you play, when you play, and how good you do, it's gonna be the factors there. But uh, I guess both of y'all, I'm not sure who's one, who's two, because uh, it could be either one. And then Sharice. Mike is higher than me. He got me by ten points. Yeah, yeah, so y'all, I knew y'all was close. Like, y'all very close. And he's like, you know, he closing in on the, the high 19s. So yeah. that's good. But maybe I want to bring this up and see, uh, see if we can get you to weigh in on this one. Derek and Mike are actually going to be competing in a quad together coming up. It's going to be Derek Wilder, Mike Clark, Manis Davidovich, or Manny as we call him, and Mauro Lopez. What, what do you think about that, Jimmy? Time troll game at 40. Ooh, and you know what? I ain't seen Mauro play, but he pushing tight. I mean, I see him play a few times, actually. I'm like, boy, Mauro is strong. Mauro real strong, bro. So, I don't know. 
where he came from, how he got here. I don't know know his story at all because we all know, you know, growing up through Detroit Chess, you know everybody. But he just came out of nowhere, and he's strong. He's real strong. So, and uh, I remember in Motor City Open, I think he was a half point behind me or something like that. I think he got four, I got four and a half. But uh, I was like, okay, four, you know, he pushing tight. So, and Manny pushed tight too. Honestly, because he's a wild card, he's new, I think Marl's going to take that one. I do. But Manny is not... Like it's like by a half a point, I think Moro could win it because man, Manny is is of course we all know how strong Manny is. Sometimes he has games where you know he destroy people, and sometimes he has games where he playing ridiculously crazy. There's tactics everywhere. Just like the game where uh, he beat Brooks in the Motor City Open, that game was super tactical. I think Manny was down in exchange, sacked something, and it was crazy. It was like a wild game, but that's Manny's type of game. And uh, Moro plays, I think, pretty solid stuff, but he's a tactician too, so it's strong. It's going to be very strong. So, um, and I know you, uh, Derek, and Mark, uh, Mike are going to go at it. I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be, you know, a battle in there. Uh, hopefully, y'all can beat Manny and Moro. Maybe a game to upset them because them boys too is is super strong. It's very hard facing them. Them boys. I think I'm up a game or two in tournament play with Manny. But well, um, I look, I look at it like, okay, them two masters is game in forty. If it was a blitz tournament, I would like my eyes because I've actually beat more more Lopez on Lee Chess in the uh, National Blitz Arena. Okay. So I'm looking at it like if I can get one and a half, two points, that's a good tournament. For that's me. a good tournament. Yeah, that's a good tournament. One and a half because I mean you beat Mike or Mike beat you. However it go, you know I know what y'all. I don't care how I get mine. Where you get it? One and a half. Right. That sound good. Draw everybody. You know, and get two points. So that's a that's a good that's a good. A good challenge there. Mike, I think, is probably may have the toughest time, even though he is studying. But you know, I don't think he played Manny too many times. And Moro, I'm not sure if he ever played Moro. I don't know if he is if he's up at the Daniels Club right now. But I need Moro just, uh, just pony stumped on Manis at Big G tournament. Yeah, uh, I figured though. Moro out here pushing tight. I don't know where he came from, but I know he he pushing at least twenty three fifty is what I'm thinking. Like he pushing super strong. I'm not even lying. You know, so. I seen him play, and I'm like, that's you know his his. I just woke up strength twenty three fifty. That's how he pushed, you know, to me. So just from what I've seen, I haven't seen much, but I have seen a lot. I have seen a lot. I know he was right behind me in the uh, Motor City. He was pushing tight, so it's gonna be a battle to see. I, but I do have, if we had to place a bet, or like, who do you think one person? I would think it'd be Moro. No, ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing uh wrong with that. Like you said, I've just been playing consistently because I feel like. I should have been thousand, so I'm playing, you know, every week. And then after that, it's the under twenty one hundred section for me for the Chicago Open. Joe, you got anything you want to speak on? Joe, hey, I'm just gonna jump right in here and say, I actually would like to see this quad get extended out into like a little mini Swiss or something like that. Like, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm always kind of trying to. You know, dream up the next the next big thing, man. I would love to see maybe Cam and Joe Gadsden and maybe even you too, Jimmy. Okay, get stop, in on stop. this action. Before you go there, I don't even want to say that. <laughs> because actually, I haven't even told Jimmy that, but I talked to Big G, and we're in the process of having a FIDE tournament, which will probably include Josh, Mora Lopez, Manny, Cameron, Jimmy, 
and etc. We just got to work on the rating criteria for the lower rated players because you want to make it worth the higher rated players' time. Right. right. Especially so anything FIDE. I'm, I'm coming to anything FIDE rated just because so I, I need that. So I do have the okay to put this tournament together. I know Josh told me he would play. Lopez told me he would play. I know Jimmy will play. But then after that, you get the cutoff where the FIDE rates separate from the USCF. So you want to make it worth all, you know what I'm saying, the players' time. For example, John is 2100, but I think his feet is like 18, 1900. Right. See, that's the, the cutoff we have in Michigan. The USCF pretty much don't match the FIDE. And I don't think we have too many players over 2000 FIDE. In Michigan, yeah, that's true. Or Detroit, I don't know. Hmm, that could be a problem. If y'all figure it out, of course. I mean, it's going to be a matter of time, too. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely come out to FIDE tournaments. I mean, you know, huge thing is that a lot of like, or like, you know, St. Louis, all these places, they got FIDE tournaments that are like regular club tournaments, that regular club tournament FIDE, you know. But because it's FIDE rated, people run to it because they need that rating for the norms and they have that FIDE rating up there. Yeah, it's cool having, you know, NM title, you know, all of this stuff. I don't even care about the title no more. It's really just, I need the big boy titles, IMGM. I don't care about nothing else other than under that. I need the titles, I need the ratings. So uh, anything feedy, I'm going out to. And I wish, you know, uh, in, in Detroit, one day it's going to happen. That's going to help somebody pave the way for them to be faster. Uh, you know, some prodigy growing up or something, somebody going to get there where their feedy rating going to get really high. Like my first feedy rating was 2353. Um, and I was out of, uh, and it was provisional. It was provisional. And then I went to a tournament right after that, score four and a half out of nine. And uh, and I dropped a hundred points because it's provisional. But I might like, beat the highest rated player. I only lost to like strong players. So I was like, how does this work, you know? But I still lost a hundred points because it's provisional. I didn't have enough games or, or whatever. But FIDE, if we had more FIDE, Michigan FIDE tournaments, like if they started making, I guess I don't know what the rules are for honestly, but FIDE rating, um, scholastic chess, like that would have been excellent. I would have always had a FIDE rating. It could grow. It could get bigger, and blah blah blah. But because we don't have that, it's very tough for anyone to really get a title staying in Michigan or at least playing in a whole Michigan tournament not branching out going to others. Joe, you want to piggyback off that? Tim. Okay, so apparently we might be having some problems with Joe, but yeah, man, I actually think that is a great idea. That having um, maybe the opportunity to have Scholastic Chess FIDE rated um, I just don't know what the requirements are, but man, that would I think make a huge, huge difference in just the opportunities and um, and chess for our young people here. And I, I must say, like I don't, I don't, I know I don't have a few day rating either myself, but I've been playing chess for quite some time. But yeah, so I don't even really know how to get started with that. But that is definitely something to look into. Yeah, definitely. It'll grow. It'll help chess grow a lot. And it'll bring more people out, too, especially if everything was speedy rated. it just bring more people from other states. Just like we had, uh, I mean, he got, he had a bad tournament. But uh, I think Ron Burnett, I am from New York or Tennessee, he had a very bad tournament. I think he lost to Brooks and then dipped. But he uh, um, he came and then he dipped out. The first round, but it was speedy rated. And he traveled from either New York or Tennessee to come to the Northern City Open. Knowing that is like, you know, people came out for that. That's nice to see that. So. I mean, it could be um, better if we if it started FIDE, you know, from the ground up. I just, of course, like we just don't know the rules. Maybe it needs some some certain stipulations and what you need and blah blah blah. But okay, I got another question. Like you playing in the pro league and you getting experience playing all these title players, these IMs, these GMs, these women IMs. 
how's that improving your game overall and preparing you for like the World Open, the Chicago Open, which is like some of the toughest competition, you know what I'm saying, in the United States? How's that translate from? To be honest, it points out a lot of my weaknesses. It points out a lot of my weaknesses, like where am I messing up at? What do I need more practice on? And it all, you know, what's funny is I knew this was going to happen. I know my weakness is the in game. As strong as it is, I know I need to study more of it. So knowing that I'm going to study more and more in games, look at a lot of Capablanca too because he played some of the best, best in-games ever in life. So just knowing that chess history, looking at Capablanca, very briefly, but using what I have right now for in-games um, and just going over it and not playing around with these in-games, because I'm starting to figure that out, that I'm getting in more in-games more than anything else or closer transitions from the middle to the in-game to have a, a cleaner one or one that I'm more comfortable with because I'm, I understand the in-game. And a lot of times, um, you know, one of my favorite players to watch like that is Gatakamski. Gatakamski. He streams chess too, but uh, and I, you know, when I'm when I'm hosting the Arena Kings or hosting an event or something, I'm able to see you know him play like live, and we watch you know the viewers watch me and then we watch together. As Gatikamski plays, and also when you see him stream, he talks about you know he just loves going into the end game all the time, every position. And I'm like, well, he could have did this, but it's, it's super tactical. And knowing that, he just literally an end game player, and you'll see that a lot with most games, most games go into end games with the GMs and stuff like that, super GMs. They always go into these end games, but they know them. They know them. And knowing that is like you can save a lost game a lot of times because you understand the end game, you understand pawn structures and et cetera. So I know more in game that I do study is going to help my game um, even more because opening theory, yes, that's fine and all. And it does take some brute force calculation. So that's why you have to study everything. You got to study openings and middle game. Uh, middle game, really not too much, but openings will transition into a lot of your middle game. But also, tactics i like to be a, i like for me i like to be a theoretician and a tactician and now i'm working on in-game so i can be whatever they call that in-game tactician whatever but an in-game master i, I will say at that because you, you know I'm, I can, I'm very good at openings i'm very very sharp with the opening um and i can always be better and there are people that know even more than i do of course but i do do like my theory and as much as i study on it um also on top of the theory i like you know tactics i love tactics I preach that, you know, chess is 99% tactics is from Mike Altao, and I, it's so much truth in that. So that's why I studied so many tactics growing up, and I believe that, you know, most of my rating jumped from 15 to 1900 in about two months. I can't remember what issue of Michigan chess I was in, but it showed, you know, a two-month spurt. I was number one. I think Ashley Carter was number two or something. Somebody was number two with how many points they gained within the And I gained, you know, three, 400 points. Um, just, but I blame a lot of tactics because I wasn't studying much opening theory. I didn't even get hardcore with my openings until I was over 2200. So um, now that I'm over 2200, it's like I'm studying them openings hard, but, you know, I'm still hitting my tactics dumb hard. And also um, now I need to put that same effort into my end game because I've never actually ever done that. Probably basic end game knowledge. I studied real hard when I was younger, just basic. Learn how to king, you know, learn opposition, even the Lucina position which is actually not that uh, easy to learn, which is crazy. But I learned that young. I think that, that helped a lot, too. But um, learning certain positions that you just kind of have to know, I learned those. But now the advanced parts of, like, how to see, how to look at this middle game and know, like, okay, based off this pawn structure, this is the plan to get to this end game. Or based off of what I have here, whose end game is going to be better um, with this? Or should I go into a tactical line? It just gives me another whole full suit of armor to wear and, and use in, in chess um, against these high-rated players, especially in tactical positions. And I find myself using a lot of time in those kind of positions as opposed to sometimes finding a simple route. 
like how Carlson and Nakamura used to do. They would play the most tactical, sharpest stuff. They said uh, a lot of times in their interviews, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I played a lot aggressive. I was reckless. That's the word they used in the interviews. I was reckless. You know, I used to play very reckless. Now I'll play more solid and conservative, blah, 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 blah. You know, even Karpov played a Carol Khan in world championship matches. And he, he was you know, almost undefeated with that stuff. But knowing that uh, Carol Khan is an in-game opening, straight up, just like the French. But uh, French has a little bit more um, attacking chances to it because that D4 palm be hanging a lot. And you can get up serial quickly. That's why I used the French for a long time because it was tactical positional. And Carol Khan is like straight positional. So uh, for him to play that and win and, and be like, you know, get the nickname Boa Constrictor says a lot. You know about your in game, so in game is where I'm at right now on, on that level. I'm studying a lot of tactics. I'm not I'm not doing too much theory, but I am staying up on my theory because you have to have. You can't be you know thinking 20 moves, 20 minutes on move four out the opening. It's embarrassing and also not good. Joe, I hear that. You hear me? Yeah, you back on now. But let me go into this. Now, also, I retweeted some stuff, and I got retweeted by the Montclair Sopranos. Are you familiar with that protest league team? Yeah, Montclair Sopranos are, are, are sharp. They, that's who, um, they actually have uh, – who's in there? They actually have um, uh, Sabina Foyser. That's who's on there. Sabina Foyser's on that team. I'm not sure who bore one through four is. I mean, well, I know who bore four is because I played her. I was Sabina Foyser. But they got a nice team, actually. I can actually look right now to see who's on it. But Montclair, they're real cool. Um, I think they wanted me to do some commentary for them before I got signed to the Pro Chess League. Um, but I can't remember. I think I sent them a message about the team. And it was like, we'd love to do some commentary, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was cool. You know, they were, they were, everybody's very reachable. Everybody's on Twitter. Yeah, they got, oh, they got Linderman in here. They got Sam Savian. Uh, they got Hugh <laughs> Boy, they stacked. Hugh Yee fans. Hugh Women World Champion. Alex Linderman. Um, you got Carissa Yip. Foyzer. They got, they stacked. They stagger hard, but and they got Oliver Barbosa. Boy, they pushing tight, which is good. That's a good thing to be pushing tight like that. But um, I think we lost to them in our first match. I think we did. Wait, let me look at it right now. Yeah, they beat us in the six on the twenty second. They beat us in the six, but it's okay. They stack. They hey top heavy. One, two, three, four. They got even. What five, six GMs on the squad right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9-10. So they got 10 GMs total out of 16 for the roster. <laughs> so they're not playing. They're not playing. They're a top-heavy team. They're doing well, though. Um, and I like them. I, mean, I like all the pro chess, pro chess league teams. I'm just like, don't underestimate me. That's all That's all you should do. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So. Joe, Joe, you got anything you want to ask, Jimmy? Now, y'all keep it rolling, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I missed a okay, lot. So I, don't know I got exactly a question. Where you, where you guys are at? So let me listen a little bit more, then I'll chime in. I have a question. Um, do the Pittsburgh Pond Grabbers kind of have like a rivalry, a rivalry, or a beef with another Pro Chess League team? Um, actually, no, not really. I think there was a uh, one team. I can't remember. He put it because I'm still new to the to the whole everything. So we have um. We had some articles. I did read one where it was like, this is kind of like our, uh, kind of like our uh, enemy. It was in a way they tend this is our enemy. I can't remember. It was either like the New York Marshals or the Archbishops, I think, for some reason. But the Archbishops mm. so strong that I'm just like, maybe it wasn't them. Because it's, you know, they're the strongest. they like super strong. So I'm like, maybe not. But I did read something on that. I just can't remember. I can't put a pinpoint on it, on who it is. And it's not like somebody... 
they're not like posting it like this is who we're looking for and blah 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 so it's alright oh okay okay man it's back to me man now let's let's just keep it real I'm finna get into it you at 2297 right mm-hmm. you're at 2297 Moral Lopez is at 2276 and then we have a player from Texas named Jeff the Jesus or Jesus he's at all y'all under 2300 so mm-hmm. the Chicago Open under 2300 section is gonna be looking like an open section with all that talent in there because y'all can really play in the open section. What you think your score gonna be with that field of competition? Honestly, I'm a, I'm I, I didn't know this playing under twenty three, and I'm not playing under twenty three. I'm just honestly, I, it ain't, it's it's a it's a challenge, bro. But I need these norms, and I can get norms. I can get norms like now, right now, with the twenty two hundred or twenty two thirty one feet rating, which to me is like garbage. Cause it takes a while to get this rating up, and I'm like, bro, 2231, bro, it's gonna take so long. But at the same time, I'm still going for it. 2400, you got to be at least FIDE to be the international master. You can have all your norms, just like I think Atuya had that problem for a while. He had three, four norms. I know a lot of players like that, they got three, four norms, but they just can't get to 2400 FIDE yet. It's very tough to do. So, knowing that, bro, I'm honestly playing in the open section. I don't really care about the under 23. The money, yeah, okay, money's good, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I'm fine. Like I'm not. I'm not stressed about that. I'm really trying to like really get these norms now. And I understand why kids used to play up back in the day when I'm like, well, yeah, I want the money. You know, it's easy. But nowadays, I'm like, ain't any about that. It is about the money. But for me, man, I need to get these norms. Like, I I rather get these norms now and re- reap that benefits of how much money I get later, as opposed to like having a strong performance or a twenty five hundred performance in the under twenty three hundred section. Want some cash? But I still have to get these norms up now. You know, I, I got to do it again. And the norms ain't now. It's, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And, and they also got underprizes in the open, too. So, but if we did play, I, Jeff is very strong. Jeff is dumb strong. And of course, Jeff, honestly, is GM strength. Like, honestly. And, and when you play like that, like, Jeff been like that a while. Jeff been like that a while. And me, I took a break and came back. And now um, we hang, I'm hanging with him. And Jeff is very strong. I mean, very, very strong. Blitz-wise, like, in the 27, 2800. On their stuff I've never even reached, but also they got way more games as well. I don't play as much as they do. I study more than I play. So that's why a lot of times with the uh, you know, oh the rating difference is like this. I'm like, bro, I don't care. Like rating's nothing. Rating is nothing. I think honestly, at the end of the day, anybody FIDE master and up or, or anyone that's twenty three hundred in anything can can rank can can hang with people all the way up to GM. You just it just takes that extra own how much study you've been playing, how resilient you are, what you play, etc. How do you learn from your losses? For instance, I think I lost. Uh, I'm like two one with Jeff with Jeff right now on. Um, I think the NBA Elite Chess two one. But then I figured out, okay, what is what am I doing wrong here? So now I figured it out, and I'm like, oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. Then I found a few games, so I won't fall into the same stuff. But also, it helps me as well for another game when I run into the same stuff before. So you got to play. Um, you have to know. You got to really play the game and study your tapes. Basically, sports wise, you got to study the tape and you got to actually understand what you're doing wrong so that you don't do it again but uh and also study study on your weaknesses i know mine is in game so i have to hit it hard but it's not an overnight process i know that but i put in a lot of work so it's not so much work uh later on it's just easier for me to navigate through that stuff i think moro and um they're gonna have a run for their money i mean moro and jeff are super strong but they are some other players that are exactly like that i mean even steve steve breckenridge is like super strong too he go in there and he go. It's gonna be a problem. 
it's gonna be a problem. But I didn't even I didn't even know they was playing, man. I did not know that. So if they are playing, that'd be good. I will be in the open section because I'm not trying to be anywhere else. Now I'm gonna say this because you my boy, and a lot of folks may hear this and try to come with this excuse because you know how folks is with Jimmy is a void now. I'm just telling you that's what most folks gonna say. Like you you get where I'm coming from, Joseph and Tim. Yeah. I get where you're coming from, but I I don't think that I disagree no, with that. I respect notion. Jimmy. But I get yeah. where you're coming from, but you want to get the folks that gonna say, okay, man, he just trying to avoid them. You see what I'm saying, bro? Jimmy got bigger fish to fry. I think we we've, we've outlined that clearly here on this pod, man. He's got his you know his eye on the prize, and he's not gonna worry so much about the you know the the. The, the rigor, rigmarole, you know what I'm saying? If yeah. I mean, I ain't avoid nobody, but like they always say that it, it is what it is, which is funny. But we play in the same tournaments. Like I'm in the NBL too, you know, and um, you know, I'm just playing. Like I just want to check it out, see the fact the competitions there. They in the NBL too. I'm like, cool. We can play whenever, not really whenever. Cause my schedule, you got to be around my schedule because time is money and etc. But it's uh, you know. Hey, bro, like, I'm in a void, and I, I'm trying to – I got goals, honestly. So, I ain't really just playing to just play a lot of times. So, let's just play. Yeah, sometimes I'll do that, but uh, a lot of times I'm really playing to get these these norms, and I got bigger goals, just like they said, of course. Yeah, they can play in whatever section they want to. I just know that I want this money. I didn't play the under 2300 for the last five years. Like, I'm tired of playing the under 2300. I really am. I just want to get this money and, and actually – really get these norms so you know i come out there with a norm and each three i could be i am by next year you know really honestly if i chicago open grab a norm uh world open grab a norm north american open grab a norm you know bang, i got my three norms and i just gotta hit 2400 feet then it'd be a different story about like you know oh can't he ain't waiting them can't he get me exactly like i'm trying to get you know to the next level i mean if you think about it for me it's huge because you know I'm black, bro. So it's not me that are I am in GM and on the planet. So knowing that the opportunity that I have, I don't care what they say, bro. I gotta go to you know, like um, Maurice Assey making too much money. It is unbelievable. It really is. Y'all think he a millionaire? He gotta be Absolutely. a millionaire. I believe it just because he was the first to do it, honestly. But you know, and he also took the uh, took the advantages. I mean, back in the '90s, chess. He was commentating, you know, on blitz leagues and stuff. So he, he he understood that there is money here, but you have to work for it. You have to also have a title and say that you actually can do this, etc. As well. So you know, yeah, masters is cool, but masters for me is is like I'll play at this. Point. I've been a master basically ten years now. I turned twenty seven this year. I hit master seventeen. It's about time, you know, to be to get these norms and not be a master forever. Ten years is a long time, and you know how much knowledge you can gain. I know I'm not 20, I'm 297 just the rating, and I'm like, yeah, it's low to me. It's really low. It's not embarrassing, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's whatever. 2297 is a high rating, but I know I'm really about 2500, honestly. And Jeff is way up there too. Steve Breckenridge over 2500. Morrow over 25. Same thing with Josh. I believe that because these boys push them tight, and I can see it. It's in the games that they play. They beat GMs often. So of course, by default, them boys is pushing super strong. Um, and of course, I just have to play more games when it comes to like ratings and stuff like that for blitz ratings and this and that. Like I don't play; I probably play sometimes four or five blitz games a day, honestly, on online because the rest I'm studying or I'm looking at stuff or I may play a game maybe on a different site. I may go to loot chess. I'm watching chess. I'm studying more in game. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So when I'm playing, I rarely like out of five games, I'll win three and three and a half out of 
everybody playing 2350 and plus right now, 2400 plus. I'm winning three and a half out of four games or four and a half out of five. Or, you know, I, it's rare that I lose on the, on that because I'm studying so much. I use chess.com more and I have to get back to chess again because it's, it's tough looking. It's weird. Uh, it's kind of a weird switch because I use chess.com like really all the time. So sometimes it's weird because the board's smaller and this and that, and it looks weird while I'm playing, but I'm um, getting used to that again. So I'm playing more Lee Chess. Um, I just, right after the NBL tournament, because I didn't do as well as I wanted to, I just went and, and crushed another tournament, and then I, I think I beat uh, everybody in the tournament. I want, it was, <laughs> Fide Master came in the tournament and was like, can somebody beat this guy? Just number one guy, I was like, finally, feel better to win this one. But, uh, and, I was, and I took a, a snapshot, and I was like, you know what, this is what happens when I get mad. Because I did get mad after that NBL tournament, I played bad, I just didn't have a great tournament. Which happens, you know, <laughs> DXJ didn't either. So a lot of people don't have the tournament sometimes. It does happen. But Nate Proof, too, he, it, was bad. it was bad for a lot of players for some reason. Moral didn't do it as well. It was crazy. But um, um, knowing that, I was like, man, I got to take it out and see, you know, what's up with this Lee Chess because I need to get my eyes right for this site, too. Because Chess.com is easy. Not easy, but I'm, I'm used to using it all the time. So Lee Chess, I'm on Lee Chess. And I'm playing, and I'm beating. I'm like, I'm going ham. I was just beating, beating tail. I was wow, like hitting them hard. It was nice. So I think I won like 18 or 19 in a row in the Super Bowl Arena 3-0. And all of the top 10 people was 2,200 plus. So I beat the FIDE Master. I beat the other guy. Only person I lost to was the other FM in the tournament, in the end game. But it felt good. My performance rate was 25-22, something like that. Just letting, you know, letting myself and everyone else know, like, bro, I'm here. I'm not playing, you know, especially when I really focus on this other stuff. So that's what I did for that league that tournament. It was pretty fun. So now I'm excited to thank for uh, the for the NBO this week and then uh, Protest League coming up as well from there. Joseph, you want to chime in? Yeah, so what's what's next after Chicago tournament wise for you? Um Chicago, I mean they got uh Chicago open. Really I always like to hit the big three. Chicago World North American. Chicago World North American. Because it gives you time to prepare and do all this other stuff. Of course, little ones in between, or maybe even I might even hit some invitationals up in Charlotte. Because uh, only thing is, just you know, sometimes you know they, you got to pay a lot, and it's just, uh, it's a lot. It's really a lot to it. But um, I like it. I like the fact that um, they do norm tournaments for you know just that reason to go get a norm. You know, it, it's very nice to have that. So um, of course, Charlotte has some tournaments, so I will be trying to hit those up as well. But most likely, always Chicago World. And of course, Motor City, because it comes around uh, but, uh, right before North American. But um, that'd be nice. So, you know, four or five tournaments uh, per year, stuff like that. But study up in the meantime from there, playing slow games, playing in the Protest League gives me great practice on that. Playing nothing but the best players at a 10-2 time control right now or uh, or longer sometimes. But um, I think all the games actually are 10-2. But playing that and then playing Blitz games and learning from whatever I'm playing and whoever. I'm playing. So I'm excited. I'm excited. This year is going to be a big year for winning a lot of chess, just chess period. I mean, I got signed to pro chess league. There's so much that I'm, that I'm grateful for. And now I have to like, you know, chess is life, man. I work from home. I do everything chess. So it's just, it's a good thing that I'm able to do that. And now I'm taking this time. Um, at one point, you know, when G, when uh, Maurice Ashley had a, a moment in his life where everything was chess and it is now, but I remember uh, just talking to a mutual friend, knowing that like, say, yep, he was actually just strictly chess. Every day, and that's where I'm at now. And I know for a fact that you know he was able to do it. I'm doing the same now. And just working on my weaknesses. Even at Sweet Study, I saw an interview on him. Uh, I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was online. Maybe it's a book. I think it was a book. It was an old Michigan chess book. I got a whole like box of them. So I was just going through them sometimes just to look at stuff, see what's changed, blah blah blah. Who's at what? 
And then um, I checked it out and Tui Shetty had an interview in there. He was saying, what's, you know, what's your biggest improvement? What's the biggest improvement you would give to anyone? He was like, well, the biggest improvement I say, he was international master too, so not too long ago, but he said, uh, um, working on your weaknesses, figuring out what kind of player you are and working on your weaknesses, the biggest point. And whatever your weaknesses are, you have to know them, you have to identify what they are and actually do more and also analyze your games. That's, I think that's what he said. Work on your weaknesses and analyze your own game. If you think about the last time you analyzed your game, and if you uh, you can ask twenty chess players, when the last time you actually analyzed your game, you may get you know five or not even half would say, "Oh, I just looked at it today, or I analyzed it today. This is what I need to do better." But for me, I keep folders. I keep folders of stuff. I keep this. This is what I do wrong. It's also part of my discipline. If I lose a game, I have to go back and look at it. What did I do immediately? Just so I, before I get to the next one, I have to feel you know closure and also feel better because a lot of times you'd be pissed when you lose a game especially if you hate losing so i hate losing i'd be pissed and i'll be like i'm so mad i have to move on to the next game but how do i do that i have to actually look at what i did wrong so i can feel better about the loss because it won't happen again it won't happen again and you know they always say losing is learning that's one of my uh my my friend coach my uh chess coach who is a streamer he always said that losing is learning but that's correct it's about losing to learn and when you do learn you won't lose that way again but if you do lose that way again then you didn't learn and that's totally on you and you should lose every single game until you figure it out we've been all serious now let's kind of light it up and close it out with some games Tim start me off well shoot I don't know man what what y'all want to play and let's play the the, the, the pick game again (laughs) oh man (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we gotta we gotta explain the rules to this one, Jimmy. Um, we actually just played this game for the first time on the most recent pod that Derek just dropped, uh-huh. um, featuring one of the Chicago Chess Blitzers. But basically, um, it's a simple game, but it, it's a little it's a little uh, controversial, which you know is right up our alley here. <laughs> um, so it kind of goes like this: you may have heard this kind of um, game. In terms of like thinking about like let's say like three different girls uh, for example where it's like okay you gotta choose one to marry one to date and maybe just kind of one to kind of fool around with or something like uh-huh. that. Well, we take this kind of concept right and we spin it like to the chess world. But in this uh, version, we're trying to think of okay, what is a chess player you would like to hang out with? What's a chess player that you would actually like to lock in in some sort of, you know what I'm saying, over-the-board competition with? And then lastly but not least, if you had to throw hands with a chess player, who would that be? Who would you choose as throw hands with? We'll let you so, go last. Yeah, so you can come okay, right. I want to see what, what y'all say. I'm not sure. So I got to think about that, too. Yeah. I'm going to go third because I got to think about mine, too. Hmm. All right, I want Derek to go first then since I just explained the rules. Hey, why are you going to put me on first? <laughs> it's your show. It's your show, brother. Okay. A chess player that I would like to party with, and I know the boys party hard, is Russian Dave. Dave, Joe Paris, and them. I know them boys get it in. So I would love to party with them, right? Mm-hmm. Good one. That's a good one. A player that I would like to play... Uh, over the board with from uh, any generation, all that other stuff is uh, Gary Kasparov, right? Okay. A player that we just got to throw hands 
you know what I'm saying? Just uh, any kind of way, Bradley Rogers, man. He just rubbed me the wrong way, bro. <laughs> you know, we didn't got man. it. We didn't got into it, it at a couple times, oh, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, it no disrespect, but he owed me the fade for some stuff he said to me a while back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I just want to put this disclaimer too before we we continue on, like. If we say your names on the throw hands, like it doesn't necessarily mean we really want to throw hands. Speak for, but like, speak for yourself. I mean, in some cases, in Darren's case, it might mean that, but in in other cases, it might just mean if I got a scrap with somebody, I, I would like my chances against this person. Okay, so you know we you know we don't want to take everybody take it too too heavy. But uh, who going next? Is it on me next? Yes, it's on you. Okay, all right, I'll go. So, um, somebody, a chess player that I would really like to hang out with, man, and this might sound weird, but I never knew how cool Grandmaster Yasser Sirawan was. Bro. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. My oh, man got so many stories. Smooth. And he's party with so many people and so many chess players. Yeah. Dog, I, I would love the opportunity to hang out with him, man. You know, have a glass of wine or two or whatever whatever he, you know, might partake in. I just think that'd be really dope. I'm sure I would learn a lot and laugh a, a whole lot more. So I would go with Yasser Sarawan on that one. Uh, Okay, so somebody somebody that I would like to play. Um, hmm. Okay, so this one... I kind of, kind of just want to, kind of want to play everybody, but you know what? What's been really grinding my gears lately, man? I want to go ahead and play anybody who was a part of Joseph Gaston's old Henry Ford group, because I don't really know y'all by name, and you know, like I say, I kind of joke around about it. Like you know, it's always kind of just been you know Joseph Gaston and then the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? So anyone of y'all want to go ahead and train up? Do whatever, uh, you know. So you might as well get ready to with the whole Henry Ford chess team, bro. <laughs> I ain't talking about. I'm talking about locking in on, on over the board. Yeah, I ain't got to the scrap. Yeah, part I yet. just answered that for you. Oh, you think they're gonna want to scrap off that? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, all right. So that did that leads me to my last one. When it comes down to the hand throwers, you know, I like to kind of look at it like I said, who I kind of like my chances with. And um, okay, so this is this is somebody too, you know, close to home. Um, man, he's never done anything wrong to me or to anybody that I know of. But I'm gonna have to go with the homeboy, Aaron Khan. Man, I don't think, I don't think he, he bought that scrap life, bro. He out there in Maryland. I probably just disturbed his whole family unit and his whole uh, his whole educational unit. But, bro. If I have to throw hands with a chess player, I'll throw hands with him. Aaron Khan. Wow. <laughs> I can see you scrapping with Jack and Marcy. Yeah, that's the only thing. If I got to scrap with uh with Aaron, I got to scrap his parents at the same oh, time, too, more than likely. Joe, it's on you. I'm going to leave that alone. I, I, I love you, Jack. I love you, Marcy. All right, hang out with... You know what? I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with our homeboy. I'm gonna go with a two year mark. They up at University of Michigan, so. Oh, okay. That's all. That's always fun. Yeah. That's always fun <laughs> on Ann Arbor. Fun. The person I want to play, I'm gonna say 
Ness Mandino. Just because he was Who's whooping that? on a man's cow ass like that. Who is that? Oh, that's that dude that was giving it to uh, Tile. Got a plus score against Tile. He's like three and one against Tile. He, he, they actually was like good friends. Like they used to hang out and train together and stuff. Oh, okay. And then the hands. I'm sorry, but it's a Chicago blister too. But Dreden got to catch these hands. <laughs> oh, we, we gonna jump him, bro. Dreden got to catch these hands. <laughs> Dreden been talking and ducking me for about six months now. He got to just catch these hands. <laughs> he don't want to play on the board. He just got to catch the hands. And if Joe loses, I'm throwing the chair in the fight. It's getting real. That's <laughs> right. Nah, it's Joe turn, Jimmy. So I got to hang out at Seymour Korea. You know, that is, Seymour is like uh, the blindfold king. He be skydiving, turn up. Like, he he's like, that's what I do. I mean, I have fun. I drink, you know, I have, you know, wine here and there. I drink when the time is right, of course, after I've done my studies and stuff like that. Sometimes with my studies. But it's just, fun. It's just um, cool hanging out with uh, with him because, you know, he, he, he turns up. And a lot of these stories that I hear, I'm like, dang, bro, he like, he uses his different level to be able to play you know 10 15 games blindfold at the same time and win all of them so um team agree is, is my guy i would hang out with just to you know see how he is ask him some chess questions hang out, have some fun my lock-in guy would be roman dg hosville uh that's my dude i mean like like all my material my whole new way of playing chess is because of roman honestly so when i won that twenty thousand, i gave him a thousand to give me some more lessons and extra stuff, so um, that helped out a lot. And I always got some stuff to look at from here, and just some key still today. But Roman DG has ability. Okay, stop. Uh, stop. In with. Stop. Now this is this is what everybody want to hear. Yep. You in the Air Force? You've been the Air Force. You a chess killer? Who yep. do you Moment of truth. Want to <laughs> step stump, pony stump, throw them hands? <laughs> oh, uh, my no. Nelson Marcelino. <laughs> oh, I already know why you said that. He be banging the clock. Yeah, I'm real cool with Nelson, bro. I'm real cool with him now. But before tournament wise, I remember like one time in the in the All Kings Men tournament, uh, and he was I knew he was super strong, but I, I was beating him, and you know he was I got in time trouble. He got mad. We had to call Ed over. It was crazy. Pieces flying. And I'm like, bro, what is, you know, this man, he was too aggressive on the board and it was pissing me off. So I started slamming pieces down and the pieces start falling and stuff in the tournament. It was ridiculous. So Nelson Marcelino, also I had another time we was playing Blitz. And uh, I don't know what he was saying, bro. So I just told him to shut up, bro. Straight up. I was like, bro, shut up, bro. I don't talk to you like that. And then we kept playing. And then after we kept playing, I, I started beating the crap out of him after that. But, you know, we're now, but. He's just sometimes he got on my nerves. So if he had to throw the hands, it'd be Nelson. But he cool. He, he cool. You know, it's just nah. Nelson, Nelson will mm-hmm. get under your skin. <laughs> I still remember them. Like I still remember them vividly. You know, we we shake hands. What's up, bro? How you been? But yeah, well, I still remember them times. <laughs> okay, we're gonna end this episode. We're gonna let Jimmy get the closing statements. Anything you want to say to the people listening. The floor is yours. I oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it for, uh, for having me again. Of course, just uh, always be on the lookout. You know that I'm on the way up. Of course, if you got questions or anything, everybody always reach out. Um, thanks to all the people listening, all the viewers and stuff to make this thing happen, make it possible for us to do the podcast. I have the hosts on here and uh, shout out to Detroit Chess Killers and everybody else that supports the streams, that supports the uh, Detroit Chess Killers page. Shout out to uh, Derek, Joe, um, Tim, everybody that uh, put this thing together. And uh, you know, hope to see more and better chess for uh, from all of us. In it. 
Bingo. Shout to, shout, okay, I'm going to tell you shout to Twitch and all that other stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah my Twitch. Uh, definitely follow on the Twitch stream. Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash GMCanty. On Twitter, it's the same GMCanty. Uh, Facebook, I mean, everything is GMCanty online. So you can find that. I even got YouTube, but I got to post. I ain't posting like three, four months on there. But I do have YouTube, too. But, uh, yeah, you can just Google it, all that stuff. But I prefer to Twitch because that's where I stream a lot and I make a lot of money. Straight, so. Oh, I had I had one more last question too, Jimmy. Let's say somebody wanted to link up with you for some lessons, for some tutelage or something like that. What's the best way for them to reach out Facebook. to you to contact you in terms of that? Or just type in James Canty. I have two of them. One is strictly for Chess now, um, just because I have some other business that I do with Chess.com, and also um, I got my regular other page that I've been having that I, you know you know that I'm on Detroit Chess Killers with. So I have two pages. You can reach out to me on either one on on on, uh, on uh, Facebook on Chess.com username is GM Canty. Leech has the same thing. I also have another Leech has name that I'm really not on it too much, but only when they have titled arenas, it's called a uh, big problem. That's the one that has my national master title to it. So, but big problem, you can add me on either or, or I prefer chess.com. So add me on chess.com, send me a message, and then we'll talk about lessons um, from there and how we do it, where we do the lessons, what times are available, etc. Cool. So, this is Derek, Derek Wilder, aka D Wild Man, checking out from the Detroit Chess Killers podcast. Peace and love. All right, John. All right. Peace.